All right, so if you weren't here last week, just kind of give a, a recap of where we're at in our current teaching series. So last week, Dave taught on um, just uh, the basic principles of the gospel, what the gospel is, why we need the gospel. We, uh, he talked about how we don't need to pretend for God, that if we're in Christ, received his forgiveness, um, then like we don't, we don't need to pretend. We don't have to act uh, as we are perfect, have it all together, because in reality, we don't. And um, we need Christ in our lives, just as the song said, uh, in our everyday lives. And so tonight, Dave's going to continue teaching. Um, tonight will probably look more uh, like a traditional hype night, not like last Sunday. Last Sunday, we were in here the whole time in our small groups. Tonight, we'll have a lesson, and then we will break into our small groups for separate small group time. So um, give your attention uh, back to Dave. Dave, thanks for being here again. Ready. Well, good evening. Good to be here with you. As Kent said, just real quick, we talked about last week the importance of the gospel and why the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. When you hear the word gospel, that's what it means. It means good news. Why do we need good news? Okay, We need good news because we talked about last week that all of us are born into this, this thing we call sin. And sin right, is anything that we say, think, do, right, that that is against who God is, right, and his character and his nature, right? It's not, it, it can be a thought, it can be an action, it can be a word, it can be, it's, it's, it's not believing who God is and not believing and trusting in his word and thinking that, you know what, I'm going to do this and handle this myself. You remember back in the garden, we talked last week that Adam and Eve, when they sinned, um, the Lord told them, you will surely die. Right, So there's this problem, and you look all around the world today, and we have this problem of sin, and we need a Savior. We need someone to deliver us from sin uh, and from death. And we talked last week that that person was Christ. We just sang about it beautifully in that song, right? that his blood perfectly covered every sin that you and I have ever committed. And that by grace through faith, when we trust and, and, and believe in who Jesus is and why he came and why he died on the cross, that he came to suffer the wrath that was deserved for you and me, to take my penalty and to take your penalty, that he took that upon himself. When we believe that, we trust in that, right? That, that, that leads us uh, into a right relationship with God. And so tonight, and in the, in the weeks to come, so last week we talked about the importance of the gospel and being saved from the penalty of sin, Tonight we are going to look, though, at being, we are being saved from the power of sin. Next week, or two weeks from now, we will look at <clears throat> um, what is the purpose of the gospel, because it's not just power of the gospel, there's a purpose. We're saved from something, but we're saved for something. And in that time, we will look at what is that purpose, and that purpose is for us to give each other Jesus all the time. Okay, if you were in my home this afternoon, you would have seen that I desperately needed Jesus. Okay, Mrs. Wolf and I didn't see eye to eye this afternoon. I'll just be flat out honest with you, right? And where do I want to go? I want to go to, hey, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong, right? And I need the, the gospel. I need the gospel today just as much as I needed the gospel back in December of 1977 the night that I surrendered my life to Christ. 
that I said, you know what, I, I, I believe in who you are and what you've done for me. So we're going to talk about that, and then we will talk about just how does that lived out real quickly as family servant missionaries, and then do your Q&A on December 10th. So that's where we're going. So the importance of the gospel, being saved from the penalty of sin tonight, we will look at we are being saved from the power of sin. Because oftentimes we look at the gospel as just a past experience. You ask someone and they'll say this line, I got saved, right? Now there's some partial truth to that, right? There was a time in your life where you surrendered and said, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But guess what? You need the gospel just as much today as you did the day that you uh, surrendered your life to Christ, okay? So in your groups, I want you to ask each other this question for the next couple minutes, only a couple minutes, because i got to be done at 740 so you guys can have time together. But describe a time when you tried to change. Maybe you were trying to end a bad habit or start a good habit, and what was your motivation to change in the circumstance? Okay, so in your group, you got about three minutes to talk about that. Go. Circle up, talk. (coughs) Describe a time when you tried to change when you were trying to end a bad habit or start a good habit. Okay, real quick, let me hear some things. What was your motivation to change your circumstance? What were some of the things you talked about in your group real quick? Yes. Make your bed, but what what was your motivation? So your room, okay, so your room looked good because it looks like a dumpster, but if you're the only one living in there, why does it matter? You just like having your room clean. So your motivation was you want to just have a clean room. Good. What else? Yes, Sam. You wanted to increase your what? Your bench. Okay, so you wanted to change. You wanted to get stronger, right? You want to get a, a bigger bench press so you did more push-ups. Good. So the mo- motivation is so you could look buff for all the girls. Is that right, Sam? Okay, just asking. Okay, Yes. You do what? Stop judging people. Good. What was your motivation for that? You didn't have many, very many friends. Okay. Good. Thanks for being honest. Okay? So, it is good to want to change, isn't it? It's good to want to do the right thing, but you can still try to do things in your own power and in your own strength and for the wrong motivation. J.D. Greer says it this way, religion can tell you what to do, namely to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Pastor Ken will get up here and he'll tell you, you guys should read the Bible, you should pray, you should be involved with spiritual disciplines, right? Those are good things. But, J.D. Greer goes on to say, the gospel alone gives you the power to do it. The motivation, because of who Jesus is and what he has done for you, not just saving you from the penalty of sin, but also saving you today from the power of sin. John Fonville says it this way, the gospel is not just what we preach to unbelievers in order to get them saved from the penalty of sin. The gospel is much more than that. The good news is that Christ not only saves us from sin's guilt, but also delivers us from its slavery. The gospel is the principal energizing and driving force for living the whole Christian life. The gospel is not just for non-Christians, it is also for Christians. 
That's a really, really powerful statement because some of you might be saying, look, I, I, I'm still struggling with this sin. How do I overcome it? Boy, my parents asked me to do something and, and you know what? My first reaction to my parents is, I'm not doing that. When as believers and followers of Christ, right, the Bible says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord you gave Lord your God has given you, but we still battle this flesh that, that says, I want to live for me. And so when my mom and my dad tell me to do something, I'm thinking, I'm not doing that. Who are you to tell me that? And so the gospel helps us to save us and deliver, or to, that saves us not just from sin's guilt, but delivers us, as he says, from its slavery. Because the reality is, when you put your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, Yes, the Spirit of God comes and He lives in you. God's presence indwells you through the Holy Spirit. But we also still have this flesh. You know, you're out on the basketball court and you make a mistake, guys. And there might be that fleshly part of you that's like, you know what, I just want to let out a cuss word right now. Right? And, and, and it's a temptation. How do you defeat that? What's your motivation for not letting out a cuss word when you make a mistake on the basketball floor? What's your motivation when you're on the computer and all of a sudden this picture pops up and you're thinking, oh man, that's a pretty good looking woman, right? Or what do you do when you go to the pizza at the table and there's like so much Casey's pizza that you need to tell yourself, like I looked at Mary tonight and I said, Mary, you need to tell me to stop. No more pizza. Because my flesh wants to go get more pizza because I like Casey's pizza, Right? So how do we get delivered from its slavery? So we talked about we've been saved from the penalty of sin because of Jesus' life and death, and we are being set free from the power of sin because of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Up from the grave, we just sang, he rose again. Do you understand what that means? Okay? So in your groups, I want you to go through this real quickly, just a couple minutes. You're going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 56, Ephesians 1, 19 through 21, and John 16, 7. And according to these passages, what are some of the reasons that Jesus' resurrection and ascension are good news? Go. Okay, so let's talk about these real quick before we move on. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 56. Why is this good news for Jesus' resurrection and ascension in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, and 56. Remember what it said? Death is swallowed up in what? Victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. Now, if we stay there, all of us in this room are hopeless. We just might as well eat pizza and go home. Right? But it says, thanks be to God who what? Gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does his resurrection do? Gives us victory how? It what? Through Christ, yes. But victory over what? death there's no other way you and i could ever conquer death and sin not by how good we are not by what we do we needed a victor we needed someone who could conquer it who could defeat it 
that our faith and trust could be in who has won over it, and who is that person? One of our Sunday school answers. Jesus, right? God, Jesus, the Bible, right? Jesus! Right? Ephesians 1, 19 and 21. Why is this good news about Jesus' resurrection and ascension? He is above everything. He rules. He has power and dominion even over what? Sin and death. And His power towards us who believe. Right? The power to save us from the penalty of sin, but also the power to the, 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 that's able to say no to sin. Okay? What's John 16, 7 say? Why is his ascension so important? Yes. To help us by what, though? You're right, but to help us with what? Yes. He says, if I don't go... If I'm not going to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, then the Holy Spirit doesn't come. You know what I love about the Holy Spirit? Paul says in Romans that it is the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Is that pretty powerful? Right? That's a good day, isn't it? And if you are a child of God, you have put your faith and trust in the person and the work of Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Which means that power now lives in you. To defeat sin and death. That's great news. Okay? In your groups, read Romans 8, 9, and 11, 2 Timothy 1, 7, 2 Peter 1, 3. Okay? And go through those questions quickly. you got about four or five minutes. All right, let's talk about it real quick. Some really amazing verses, right? God's Word speaks truth, right? Romans 8, 9, and 11, we talked about that. We won't, for the sake of time, but I already talked about the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in His children, right? And even though our body is dead because of sin, even though we still struggle with the flesh, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, Okay, so the spirit that raised Christ from the dead gives life to our mortal bodies. Okay, so where do we receive power to live that life that honors God? We just talked about it, the power of the Holy Spirit. So when someone says to me, oh, I can't overcome sin or I just can't, no, that's not true. There's that opportunity for you and I. The problem is, is that when we're facing that temptation and, and we choose to sin, we're making that choice. We are failing to believe in that moment that God is the greatest treasure that we could ever have. So going back to the food illustration, right? Is it okay to eat Casey's pizza? Is it okay to eat 10 pieces of Casey's pizza? For some of you, you're like, oh yeah, right? No, it's not. It's not good enough for me for that, right? So when I treasure God, right, I'm saying to him, Lord, you are all satisfying to me. This body that you gave to me, I want to take care of it. I want to honor you with it. I want to, I want to please you with that. Okay, it's as simple as that. If I go and I eat 10 pieces of Casey's pizza, who am I worshiping? Myself. I want more. Right? Okay. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. He tells us right there 
The moment we surrender our lives to him, God doesn't just say, ah, just go figure it out yourself. No, he gives us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. I can say no to 10 pieces of Casey's pizza. I have the power to do that, right? First, Second Peter 1, 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Some, what does he give us? Everything. So why do we sometimes think there's not enough power to change? Why? Good, I want to hear it. Sometimes we don't get what we want because we think that that's better than what God has for us, right? Right? That's the garden. Remember? God says, look, I've given you every tree in the garden to eat from, except for this one. Right? They could have eaten from any tree in the garden except for that one. Right? Hold on a second, Victoria, I'll get to you in a second. And they chose not to believe God's word. Did God really say that you can't eat from this tree? Victoria, what were you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep, I'm a victim. I can't change. Right? Tim Chester wrote a great book called You Can Change. Okay? New motivation to change. Okay? We don't have time to talk about it in our groups because we're running out of time. But according to Romans 2.4, it says, I'll read it for you right here. Do you, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? What is repentance? Repentance is turning from the false God to the true God. That's what repentance means. Okay? And what causes us to go to repentance is my self-motivation, my guilt, my shame. No, it's God's what? His kindness. His grace. Okay? Love this, uh, I love this illustration. Change for a Christian is not motivated by fear, guilt, or proving oneself. It is motivated by love and gratitude in response to God's grace, God's kindness, this chart illustrates how a growing understanding of the gospel leads to a transformed life. As we mature in the Christian life, we become more aware of God's holiness and our sinfulness. But this growing awareness of the gap between God's holiness and our sinfulness does not lead to fear or despair. Instead, it shows us just how gracious and kind he is. So you see up there on the right, you see that arrow that's pointing and you see the V, right? That moment... Uh, where the arrows point to is referring to the moment that you uh, surrendered your life to Christ, salvation, conversion. And at the moment of conversion, these things happen that at the top, you begin to grow aware of God's holiness, of who he is, by reading his word, by living in community with other believers, through prayer, through the spirit, through spiritual disciplines. You become aware of God's holiness, Man, God, there, you are light, and in you there is no darkness at all. But you also grow aware of your flesh and your sinfulness. Like, man, there is something seriously wrong with me. <laughs> but what you see in the middle, when you understand God's grace, the cross grows, and it gets bigger. 
for a good purpose. Because it causes us to realize what Christ has done for us. And what the gospel has done, not just in saving us from the power penalty of sin, but also in saving us from the power of sin. It's a great illustration. The growing cross in the chart represents a growing understanding of the immensity of God's grace and of the gospel. As our understanding of God's grace grows, so does something else. Our gratitude to God. We are filled with gratitude and love for God as we realize just how much He has done for us. The result is that we want to live for God, we want to honor Him with our lives, and in this way, the gospel gives us new desires and motivations to change that have their roots in love and gratitude, not guilt and shame. Young people, that's really, really, really important. The Christian life is to be lived because you understand what your loving Father has done for you in Christ Jesus. John Piper has a great illustration, right, with um, uh, uh, his wife, Noel. It's their anniversary. So John Piper goes to the flower store, and he buys flowers, and he gets home, and he knocks on the door, and he pulls the flowers out, and he looks at his wife, and he says, Noel, it's our anniversary today, and it is my duty to get you these flowers And I am supposed to give this to you because it's our anniversary. How's that going to go for him? Ladies? (laughs) Molly's like, no, that's not, no. Brandon? Right? Front door would probably be slammed. Right? But let's say John Piper goes to the store and he buys flowers and he knocks on the door and Noel answers the door and he looks at her and he says, Noel, I just want you to know that it is an absolute joy to be married to you. Thank you for drawing me close to Jesus. Thank you for being an example of love and forgiveness and grace and kindness. And it is my joy to get you these flowers to celebrate our anniversary. How's that going to go? A lot better. Same thing in the Christian life. Guys, you're going to screw up. You're going to. Now hopefully as you grow in your love for Christ that those times of like falling into temptation become less and less. You're like, you know what? I don't need that. I want to treasure Jesus in this moment. I don't want to give in to the flesh. But the moment you do struggle and you realize the growing awareness of your flesh and your sinfulness should lead you to an attitude and a heart posture of gratitude and thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Jeff Vanderstelt talks about a guy who was so ingrained with pornography. And Jeff Vanderstelt said to the guy, he said, you know, the next time you're about ready to look at pornography, why don't you pray and ask God to, and thank him right in that moment, like, Jesus, thank you so much that you're going to forgive me of this sin that I'm about to commit. And the guy looks at him and says, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Gratitude because of who Jesus is and what he's done, that you know what, I don't need the fleeting pleasures of sin. Okay, So gospel transformation, real quick, and then you guys will divide up into your groups. Oftenly, often we mistakenly believe the way to change is to simply try harder. No, try harder. There is no doubt that effort is required to change. Okay, I can't go through the Christian life and think, I'm going to grow in my walk with God if I'm not spending time with Him in His Word and getting to know Him and to know His character and know right His His. His, his plan for, for my life. It's important that I pray. It's important that I go to him. 
and, 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 and surrender myself to him in prayer. So yes, it, there, there is stuff that we need to do. But true lasting change does not begin by working harder. It begins by believing better. We are saved and changed by the, the same essential process. Faith in the gospel, or faith ultimately in the person and the work of Jesus, and we are saved when we turn to the truth of the gospel and we believe it. So when God tells us in Exodus 20 the different Ten Commandments, he's not just giving us those to say, hey, I want to cramp your style. He's giving us the Ten Commandments and the rest of the, the commandments throughout the Scriptures because it, it, it gets us to know him. It gets us to know his character. Okay? So it's not just about trying harder. It's about believing better. Secondly, many Christians are stuck because they try to change behavior rather than addressing the underlying belief. This is really important. It is not about behavior modification. Thomas Chalmers, in a message called The Expulsive Power of a New Affection, says that you can change your affections for something else, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that thing is, is better for you. You have to get to what is the underlying belief in your heart. Why am I choosing this? Because I'm failing to believe the truth about God. That's what the blue thing says. Behind every sin is a lie about God. And the key to transformation is to turn from the lies and to believe what is right about God, what he's done, and what I am as a result of that. Okay? So lastly... As you, as you head into your groups. One of the most important roles of the Holy Spirit is to reveal to us the truth about God. When we get into, uh, in two weeks, when we talk about the purpose of the gospel, we're going to work through this fruit to root exercise, and one of the first questions is, who is God? You have to know who God is. You have to know his character. And the Holy Spirit reveals to us the truth about God. Jesus calls him the spirit of truth, and he promises that he will remind us of this truth. And the Holy Spirit's job is to point us to the truth, and our job is to turn to the truth and trust it. This is called repentance and faith. Repentance is turning from lies about God and sin that results from them. Faith is turning to the truth about God and the godly behavior that results from believing that truth. So we are saved by our initial faith and repentance in the gospel, and we are changed by our continual faith and repentance in the good news of Jesus. So as you go into your groups now, I gave you a sheet. It's called the four G's. And you and your leaders are going to work through that. Okay? There's so much we could talk about God. It's the, the character of God is, is it's, you, can't, you can't measure it. But it's been boiled down to these four key truths about God. And in your group, you guys are going to work through, okay, so where is my faulty belief about who God is and, and how does that help change when I believe rightly about God? How does that help me overcome sin in my life? And my hope in the next couple weeks and then throughout the rest of your life is that as a child of God, that you would, when you're faced with temptation, when you're faced with the test to go sin, that you would work through, and we'll go through this in greater detail in a couple weeks, like, no, I don't need this. Why? Because this is who God is, and I have everything that I need in him. So let me pray for you and you get into your groups and I hope that your conversations are very fruitful tonight and transforming. Lord, thank you for a great night with these guys and girls.
Pray, Lord, that as they go to their small groups, that you would give them fruitful time uh, learning about you and how God is gracious and great and glorious and good and how that, Lord, impacts our everyday life, our dating lives. Lord, how we interact with our parents, how we surf the Internet, how we play basketball or volleyball on the court. Lord, how we spend our money, how we interact with friends. All these things, Lord, should be impacted because of a right understanding about who you are, what you've done, and who we are as a result of that. So I pray that you, have a, that you meet these kids in a very powerful way. Give the leaders wisdom. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.